You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. You can feel bad for yourself or, you know, come in here and put your head down and bitch and moan, but that's a personal problem. Either come in here to get better. Every day you step in the building, you come in intentionally, ready to get better, and that's it. You know, you can come in and do the same mediocre and that's the results you're going to get. Or you can come in and do your job at the highest level possible. It's frustrating, but you can complain about it. You figure it out. You know, there's no other option. We're here. We're week three. We're one and two. Got to play the Chargers. We got to win. So as simple as that. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Live at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go. Second week in a row, coming off a Raiders loss. Last week it was a blowout. This week it was, well, a little bit closer. It was actually a lot a bit closer. Same results, a loss for the Silver and Black. They come up short 23-18, losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night football. And I think there's a lot of questions coming out of this game. Matter of fact, I think there's a lot more questions coming out of this game than there was coming out of the game a week ago as they lost to the Buffalo Bills. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We're at the Underground Lounge inside the OEO Hotel and Casino. The last couple of weeks we've been in the Splash Cantina, but... No, 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 not anymore. We are in the underground lounge. We're back to where we're supposed to be, and I'll tell you what, it was well worth the wait. We are sitting here, and we've been in the underground lounge for a couple seasons here for Monday Night Football, and there's a couple Monday Night Football games on the docket tonight that we'll be talking about, but we've been here for a couple of, uh, of, of a few seasons now. This looks amazing. This place is newly uh, renovated. They did a whole lot of upgrades. The TVs look phenomenal. Looks like a real deal sports book as you look on the wall. It's got the nice carpets, got the nice uh, chairs and, and couches that are available, nice little tables that are available to put your beverage on, and, of course, the, the bar here in the Underground Lounge. It is fantastic. If you've ever spent any time, and this is not a diss on the spot at all, if you've ever spent any time inside the Underground Lounge and then you spend some time today, you will understand what I'm talking about. It is night and day different. I walked in here, and, look, it's the last two weeks I've walked in here, and it's been behind, you know, like a a curtain. It's been behind some plastic as they're putting everything together. And I was like, okay, well, they got something cooking back there. I'm not too sure exactly what it is. Again, as I mentioned, well worth the well worth the the wait here as we're sitting in this beautifully renovated spot. So if you come on by here, the underground lounge, you will be uh, in for a nice treat. So come on, hang hang out with us. Of course, they've got the William Hill Sportsbook right across from us. I'm checking them out, and of course, they're taking in all kind of uh, plays as Monday Night Football. There's double games going on this evening, but this is a legit spot for you to hang out. Uh, the parking is free in the parking lot, so uh, you can go and get that. Of course, right across the, the way from us, there's the, the, the Hooters, so you can go and get some, uh, some food if you'd like. You know, and, of course, the bar is right here as well. So it's a good spot to have a good spot and a good time to have a good time on this Monday when you may not be feeling too good about yourself right now, Raider Nation. And I know that game was very frustrating that we saw and witnessed on Sunday Night Football. Again, the Steelers topping the Raiders 23-18. The Raiders are now 1-2 and two on the season, and they get ready to take on the Chargers, who are also 1-2 and two, as they had an opportunity to lose that game in Minnesota last, uh, last oh, yesterday and uh, found a way to, to win it. They tried to give it away, but they won it at the end so, uh, or held on to it at the end. So there's, uh, there's that. The 1-2 Chargers and the 1-2 Raiders will be what we're talking about towards the end of this week, preparing for week four 
of the NFL season. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Uh, again, I'm here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, and you heard Max Crosby coming in uh, from the, the intro. That was in the locker room. That was right after the game. We were standing right next to him, uh, listening to him talk about the process, talk to him about what's going on, talk to him about the problem. And there was a lot of finishing plays and a lot of buy-in that Max Crosby was talking about, Devontae Adams was talking about, Josh Jacobs was talking about in the locker room following. And, you know, a lot of people believe that, okay, they lose this game, the locker room's going to be real quiet, nobody's going to be talking, they're going to get out of there quick, fast, and hurry. And sometimes that's how it is. But it was not like that. We uh, talked to Devontae Adams. Talked to Divine Diablo, talked to Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, Nate Hobbs, Robert Spillane, Jacoby Myers, and others, among others. Amir Abdullah was somebody that was talked to. Uh, let's see, Michael Mayer was talked to. Uh, Adam Butler uh, was talked to. There was a lot of guys that were, uh, you know, talked to in the locker room following the game. And clearly there was a lot of frustration because, well, you lose a game like that that, in my opinion, throughout the course of the game, it felt like it should have been a Steeler blowout. But it wasn't, right? The Steelers were just barely ahead of the Raiders, and they had a chance to strike. And, you know, the Raiders didn't strike when they had to. And they had a couple opportunities, I thought, to, to win it at the end. And for one reason or the other, they weren't able to get it done. And so here we are on this Monday that's, uh, you know, not a fun Monday when you come in talking about Raider football. But that's what we're here to do for the next three hours. So we definitely will appreciate all your feedback on the don'tbebroke.com text line, which is 69187, keyword r And, of course, the Raider Nation listener line as well, 702-365-9200. Coming up on the show today, our normal Monday guest, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas. He'll join us at 2.30. He was in the press box. He was in the locker room last night. He'll talk about what he saw, what he thinks the big disconnect is. And off top, I'll talk about the offense and talk about the fact that I thought the offense was going to be the strength of the Raiders team and that the defense was going to have to catch up and compliment them. And right now, you score 17 points, 10 points, and 18 points, you realize that that's not enough. You, you've got to score 20-plus points in the NFL in 2023. You can't win games scoring less than 20 points. You are not that Baltimore Ravens team that won the Super Bowl on the strength of your defense. You are not the 85 Bears that won the Super Bowl on the strength of their defense. You are not that team. You've got to score 20-plus points, and the Raiders have yet to do that in 2023. So that is a big disconnect. So we'll talk to Ed Graney at 2.30 about all things going on with the silver and black and where he believes the biggest disconnect is and how they can – overcome that and get back on the winning side of things we heard today when we talked to head coach Josh Daniels that Jimmy G is in concussion protocol so does that open up the door for Brian Hoyer to start next week does that open up the door for Aiden O'Connell to start next week well only time will tell we'll see exactly uh, you know how he progresses throughout the course of the week there's nothing that the Raiders can do except for let him clear concussion protocol so Ed Graney will join us at 2 30 at three o'clock John McClain sports radio 610 in Houston he normally joins us on Tuesdays but he's got a documentary that he's filming because he's John McClain so why isn't he right <laughs> why isn't he filming a documentary the dude is in so many different things and has so many different people hitting him up and want him to be a part of things because well he's been covering the NFL for a long long time so he reached out and said cute Monday or Friday which one is a better day for you so I said man let's start the week off with you so there was a lot going on in the NFL over the course of the weekend so we'll talk all things NFL with John McClain coming up at 3 o'clock at 3.30, Amber Thea Harris, Silver and Black Today, Sirius XM Radio. She'll join us as well to talk all things Silver and Black. She was in the press box. Her and James Jones were sitting right behind me, and I had to stand up in the press box, turn around and look at James Jones when Marcus Peters put that interception on the ground. The ball was in Marcus Peters' hands. That's what they brought him in for was to be a ball hawk because he's done that so many times in his career. James Jones called the play out before it ever happened. Like, I'm listening to him. He's sitting behind me in the, in the press box. And right as the ball snapped, he said, oh, here it comes, here it comes. That's a, that's a pick. And then Marcus broke on it, and, I, and that's when the play developed. 
and then he put it on the ground. I looked at James, and he said, those are the ones you have to have. You cannot not have those. So we'll talk to Amber Theo Harris about the game, uh, the fact that Devontae was targeted 20 times, the fact that Jacoby was targeted about 12 or 13 times, and it seemed like those were the only two guys that were out there as far as weapons go for the silver and black. So what James Jones thought about that, we'll ask Amber Theo Harris about that coming up at 3.30. But we'll talk all things silver and black with her. So those are the guests that we have coming up, Ed Graney, John McClain, and Amber Theo Harris. Plus, throughout the course of the show, you'll hear from Devontae Adams, You'll hear from Max Crosby, and you'll hear from Nate Hobbs, guys that we talked to in the locker room. We talked to him much more than that, but we'll get at least those guys in on today's show. We'll, we'll close things out with the rest of the guys from the locker room on tomorrow's show as we start to turn the page and start turning our attention to the L.A. Chargers on the road, which should be uh, a Raiders home game, at least an environment like one, which will be a lot more than it was on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Right. If there's one thing that I've been very open and honest about is the fact that, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of opposing fans that come to the stadium. I know there's going to be a lot of uh, opposing fans that are going to cheer and want to be there because it is Las Vegas. And I know that the Steeler fans travel really well. But seeing what we saw and hearing what we heard on Sunday Night Football was all bad. Like there's no other way I could describe it, but all bad. Hearing, you know, a, a first down for the Steelers being cheered so loudly. And hearing a third down stop for the Steelers being cheered so loudly, I mean, that was bad. That really was. I don't, I've told you what I feel like needs to happen, and that's the Raiders' win at home. That, that'll be a big step in, in trying to slow down the, the opposing fans from being there. But that was at an all-time bad last night. Matter of fact, I heard about suites, suites there at Allegiant Stadium that were packed with Steeler fans. Suites. And those are all sold out. Like, make no mistake about it, Raider Nation. Those are all sold out to people here in about the Las Vegas area, Raider fans, and they're just being sold out. They're being sold out to people that, uh, you know, want to come to the games and enjoy them. So actual suites. Like, we saw the stands. We heard the stands. But there were people in the suites, in the luxury boxes, in the ones that cost all kinds of money. They were like, yep, that's all good. We'll be here repping the Steelers. That, that was uh, pretty bad as well. So uh, just some of the conversations that we'll have throughout the course of the show. Uh, we've got about two hours and 50 minutes left to, to rock and roll with you and, like I said, hear from you and uh, kind of be your, the, the therapy, you know, and obviously not going to sugarcoat anything uh, the way that, you know, the game played out. There was really nothing to get excited about. There really wasn't. It was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty embarrassing. Uh, I, I hate it for Raider Nation. I had someone hit me up on Twitter today and say, you know what, the worst part about the whole situation is the, su the fans suffer the most. And I've been saying that for years, right? Players come and go in free agency. Coaches come and go. They get fired and hired, right? The one thing that remains the same is the fans are always there. And at the end of the day, the fans are the ones that suffer the most because the fans are the ones that are pumped up, excited, waiting to be there, ready to see their team win. And, you know, unfortunately, they take an L in a game that was very winnable. Right? They just didn't execute. They didn't handle their business the right way. There were some decisions that I didn't like uh, that we'll talk about on the, on, throughout the course of the show. But, you know, here we are, one and two, three weeks into the season, and the Chargers are up next on the schedule. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. All right, so two questions that I like to throw out there to you. I like to bring topics to the show, and I see that we got callers already waiting. We'll definitely get to them. But uh, definitely have a couple topics that I want to throw out there. And, of course, you're free to chime in, whatever uh, you'd like to say on the show. Uh, I like to try to keep it respectful. Uh, but, you know, that, that it is what it is. We'll see how that goes, right? Uh, according to some, last night I'm supposed to be fired. <laughs> 
So that was actually some of the feedback I got on the on, on the thing that we call Twitter, a.k.a. X, last night that I should be fired. So, you know, I understand that people are going to be upset. I know people are going to be angry. All I ask in advance is that people, uh, you know, try to be a little respectful and try to be fair about the situation. But, uh, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do. So 702-365-9200, the questions that I throw out there, what did you think about the field goal at the end, down eight points, under three minutes left to go? The Raiders did it once. They got bailed out by a, a penalty, and they got the ball back, and they decided to do it again under three minutes. Now, I would have been okay with it. I didn't like it when it happened, right? I didn't like the, the first field goal. But then the Steelers get the penalty, and so the Raiders get the ball back. And then they end up kicking the field goal again. I would have been, if they were going to kick the field goal, if the end goal was like, hey, I'll kick the field goal and we'll just trust our defense to get the ball back, I would have much rather them just kept the points on the board from the first field goal and, and kept the time. Because what they ended up doing was playing right into the Steelers' hands. They wasted time for the Steelers and then had the same result. So if that's what they were going to do, I would have much rather than just go ahead and say, no, we'll keep the points on the board and we'll just kick off and, and hope that we get it back. At least they'd have more time left on the clock. But that's just my opinion. And I know there's plenty of different ways to think about it. I actually asked Coach McDaniels about that today. Matter of fact, Ari, if you have that, you want to pull that up real quick uh, because we, uh, we could talk about that uh, really quickly. That's uh, – G743, if you have it, talking about fourth down field goal decision making. And I asked him today, straight up, you know, again, not trying to be disrespectful because I'm not that guy, but I asked him, hey, you know, in that you made the, the call on the fourth down to kick the field goal. Uh, you explained it last night, but is that one of those decisions that you kind of go back and forth and just don't know really the right answer to, to, to the problem? Uh, it's fair. It's fair to, to, to be critical of it. Um, I'm not saying I would do it different, but I understand both sides. And that's what I was going through in my mind, too, is trying to, you know, evaluate both scenarios. Um, again, you know, you can say I was wrong. I, You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was 100%, you know, an easy decision. Um, I did feel like with the timeouts and the time, the two-minute warning, that we had enough opportunity to stop them and go ahead and get the ball back and put ourselves in position to win the game. So, uh, that was my thought process. It, it had nothing to do with, you know, uh, not believing in you know, we had a play that would work or whatever. It just, you know, just that's what, you know, went for it a number of times yesterday on fourth down as it is. I think we've gone for it in every game on fourth down at some point. So um, not averse to doing that. I just, you know, that was the decision that I made in that situation. So there you go. That was head coach Joshua Daniels earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center uh, talking about, you know, the decision to go for it on fourth down and kick that second field goal uh, and after it just wasted some time. So, again, to me, I didn't agree with it, but you heard what he said. Like, he can understand why you would question it, and he understands both sides of it. So uh, what did you think about that? Was it a good decision? Was it not a good decision? That's one topic I want to throw to the table. And then what do you believe is the biggest reasons for the Raiders struggling offensively? Offensively, because they're not scoring – 20 points. You've got to score at least 20 points, and they're not able to get it done. So far through three games, it's been the Devontae and, jo and Jacoby show, Devontae and Josh show, and now Devontae and, and Jacoby show again. There's other dudes, and this is why I was excited about this offense, because there's other dudes that are going to make this offense go and, and really throw a lot of weapons out there. You've got Jacoby. You've got Devontae. You've got Hunter. You've got Michael Mayer. You've got Josh Jacobs. You've got, you know, Amir Abdullah. I mean, there's so many. It's like a plethora of riches you have, but it feels like so far with Jimmy G, it's been two guys in the route, and that's it. So what do you believe the biggest reason is for the Raiders struggling 
offensively, less than 20 points a game they're averaging right now. So those are two questions that we throw out there for the opening drive. Of course, you're free to chime in on whatever you want to say, whatever you're feeling today, as the Raiders are 1-2 on this young season. 702-365-9200. Also, the WBroke.com text sign, 69187, keyword R&R. Let's keep it right here. Uh, to the 702, Raider Ken from Henderson. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's up, QA? Before I get into it, uh, I really appreciate what you do with the Lost On podcast. You do a great job every week, man. So I appreciate you. Um, appreciate it. But getting into, getting into the game last night, Josh McDaniel said on the post game that he didn't kick the field goal because he was gonna. Need, they were going to need a, another possession anyway. But that didn't that didn't make sense because they just they were down eight. So I don't know what mm-hmm. he was what he meant by that. I was confused when he said that. And then the other thing is, like you said, the other question is the offense. I'm like, I'm watching the game last night, and I'm upset, but I'm also like confused. Like, how, like going into the year, like I was fired up for this offense with all the weapons they had, and then like right. Josh McDaniels was supposed to be like this great offensive coach. He coached Tom Brady, and he's like, it's like, he, I don't know, man. It's like you can't adjust to to the other coaches adjusting to him. It's like he comes out with a script, and that's it. You know, after the script's done, you can't adjust anymore, and it's it's frustrating, man. It's it's hard to it's hard, man. This, today it's hard. I'm tired of losing a Kenny Pickett twice in one year, man. I'm just home opener. They're coming on off a short week. It's frustrating. It's confusing. What you think? What do you think is the number one thing uh, uh, wrong with this offense, man? I'm confused. Uh, great that's show, a- man. Love. It. Hey, that's that's a great that's a great great question. I, I don't know what the disconnect is offensively. I really don't. Again, this is something that I thought was going to be a big strength of this team. Something I've talked about all offseason long. That you know the offense is going to be fine. I ain't worried about the offense. Offense is going to score points. It's the defense. I mean, I, that was my words, right? I have no problem saying that those were my words. I am shocked. I really am. I know Denver has a decent defense, but they gave up seventy, right? The Raiders scored seventeen on them. I know Buffalo has a decent defense, but the Raiders scored 10. I know Pittsburgh has an opportunistic defense, but the Raiders only scored 18. Like, that's just not going to get it done in the NFL. You've got to put up points. And I did think that that was going to be the big difference. My big keys to this Raiders season were going to be the, t- the offense was going to be fine. The defense needed to complement them, be able to come up with some picks or some, some turnovers to be able, to, to, be able to, you know, to, to seal the deal on some games and win some games. And they started to kind of do that in week one, but – it hasn't developed since then, and they haven't come up with any turnovers. Through three games, they had an opportunity for three different turnovers. A fumble week one, called back by penalty. Interception week two, called back by penalty. Interception week three, put on the ground, would have been a pick six. That would have been points. I say it all the time in baseball. I say it all the time. I know I sound like a broken record because I say that on this show all the time too. You can't not make that play. If you don't make that play, the team is going to burn you. And I realize that on that drive – I realized that, that the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't score, but neither did the Raiders. It's not only did Marcus Peters have an, uh, an opportunity to turn the ball over, he was going to score. He was going to walk in the end zone. He wasn't even going to have to run. All he was going to have to do was walk, and he puts it on the ground. The, the game should have been 14-7 at that point. Not saying that the game would have played out the exact same way, but that's seven more points than you would have had. Guaranteed. That was the easy one, and you've got to have those. You know, I go back to college football this, uh, this past weekend. Notre Dame and Ohio State came down to the wire. Guess what Notre Dame did at near the goal line? They had a ball in their hands, and they let it bounce off. What happened? They lose. 
It happens all the time. Like I use baseball as an analogy because I say you can't give a, a team an extra out. But in football, if the play is there to be made, you have to make the play. Max talked about in the locker room, finishing plays. That's what he's talking about, finishing plays or wrapping up a sack. You can't get to the quarterback, put your hands on him, and then not get him to the ground. That's not finishing plays. The Raiders have to find ways to finish plays, and it's just not happening. And that was something that was so frustrating to see Marcus Peters, of all people, put the grip ball on the ground and not be able to get, get to the house. I mean, that, that, was, that was points that you have to have as a team. The momentum shifts. You put points on the board. Your stadium sounds like your stadium because Raider Nation is losing their blank in mind, right? I mean, that's, that's everything is going in your favor. Instead, it falls harmlessly to the ground. Something I talked about all offseason, all training camp, all preseason, too many times the ball falls harmlessly to the ground and the Raiders aren't able to come up with a big play. Uh, Cash in Vegas, you're up next. What's on your mind, Cash? Give me something good. What up, Q? Uh, just going to call it for what it is. This is probably one of the worst uh, Las Vegas Raiders losses in this era. Uh, first of all, we haven't had a home game till week three. It was on Sunday night versus the hated rivals, ASC Steelers. We had celebrities in the house, Carrie Underwood, Lil Wayne, Mike Tyson, you name it. The Aces were there. On top of all that, we have Kenny Saber's family receiving the Hall of Fame ring, and the quarterback play was definitely not snake-like. Uh, Jimmy did some good things, but she, he did also some really bad things. The good things were he stayed poised in the pocket with all the pressure. He came back for some crucial hits, especially when they bended him like a pretzel. I was pretty impressed with that. I thought he was out for the game. But the bad, well, also on top of that, let's add the good. He, he gave Devontae tar- a lot of targets. But the bad, definitely needs to stop throwing hospitable Hospital balls up to Devontae Adams. He's going to get that man killed. He's going to get Jacoby killed with that type of stuff. Also, the way he throws the balls, he doesn't give a chance to the receivers to get any yak off his throws. The throws are, are, he's trying to be too perfect, trying to give it right in the basket where he really needs to lead the receivers a bit so they can create some space and get a couple yak yards after that. That's all I got to do. Thanks. Hey, Cash, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, again, there's so many different, I think, elements to this team and this offense of what the problem is. It's, it, it's really frustrating because I think that they could be up there with the, you know, the better offenses in the league. I really do with the weapons that they have, and it's just not translating so far. And, and I don't know how long it takes. Uh, Devontae clearly was frustrated in the locker room following the game, talking about he didn't have all uh, year to, to try to figure it out and get things on the same page. He wants to get things cooking now, and I don't blame him. Who doesn't want to get things cooking right now, right? I mean, I get it. You know, we've talked about a lot that the first three or four weeks of the season is like the preseason, but, hell, the in the preseason, the Dolphins just put up 70 points on the Broncos. So, you know, preseason be damned, right? Just go out there and, 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 and ball and execute. And I'm not too, too, too understanding or I'm not too sure on why the execution is not there, but, you know, I understand the frustration. I can see it on Raider Nation's face. I can hear it in their voice. I get it. Been there, done that. Regardless of what some people like to believe, I understand it. I understand it completely, and it, it is very frustrating. And I know I could tell by the body language of Coach McDaniels today, and I'm a big body language guy. Like, I like to pay attention to that. He was frustrated. I could tell by the way Max Crosby, I walked out of the locker room with him last night. I could tell by the way he was walking out, he was frustrated. He knows he's given everything he's got, but he's got to have everyone buy in. Everyone's got to finish plays, and they've got to execute. Unfortunately, they're not doing that. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines one more time. Passionate Raider, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, dude? What's up, Q, man? Hey, 
Man, here we are, here we go again, Q. But you know, yesterday started out getting ready to watch the game. Get a call, got to watch the game in the emergency room last night. Family emergency, you know, and I'm I'm sitting there, can't do nothing, so I'm just watching the game, and I'm just I'm just watching again and watching again and just understanding it and and wondering where all of our draft picks are at, wondering where all of our players are at, wondering where our team is at, wondering why we have a quarterback that only wants to throw it to two receivers. Q. You know, 20 points a game, your question is, why is this offense the way it is? Because of their head coach. There's, there's too much talent on this team to throw the ball to Devontae Adams 20 times in one game. I don't care if it's is that, is that? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this real quick. Is that a coaching thing, or is that the guy who's throwing the ball to him? I think, you know what, this is what I think, Q. I think Josh is so dumbfounded right now. That he has nothing else. He knows that his guy that he went and got in Jimmy G is not the guy. So he doesn't have no choice right now. That's why, like you just said, his body language. I, I, I think Josh is a great offensive-minded coach. He might not be a head coach because he doesn't have – he's trying to recreate something. Like, where's his playbook at, Q? There's no tight ends out there getting or There's nothing. There's nothing of the Josh McDaniels playbook that we've seen that we are all hyped about thinking we were going to have this offense. It's not here, man. We've got – I watched the Lions yesterday. I watched other teams. That they've got third, fourth, fifth rounders, second rounders, first rounders out there starting, and they are producing and making plays in the NFL. Our guys, all we keep saying is we got to give them time to learn. we got to – no, no. It comes to coaching, Q, and the biggest problem on this team and has been and will be is the coaching. Until we can get a coach who is a Raider and understands what a Raider is and what we need, Q, we're going to keep watching what we're watching, dude. Devontae is so pissed right now, and I don't blame him. Yes, you want the ball, but look at how many times he's almost getting his head knocked off getting the ball thrown to him. That's not right, Q. That's not good football. Jimmy G is not playing good football right now. And it's awful funny. He makes it all game, and now he's in concussion protocol. And, and you know what? It, it, just keep it real, Josh. Yeah, I'm not. Hey, I'm not gonna play around with concussions, though, dude. Look, you you don't look. Okay, that. Thank you for the call. I'm not playing around with people's uh, injuries, man. That's not. That's that's foul. Like whatever you want to believe is fine, but I'm not playing around with people's. Uh, you know, their injuries. Concussions are a real thing. I don't think that regardless, a team is gonna say, "Hey, the guy's got a concussion," just so he doesn't talk to the media. They don't give a damn about us that much. To to try to fake an injury like that's that's not cool. So again, I asked the call. I asked for you to call. I asked for you to be respectful, and I asked for you to be fair. Talking about a man's injury, regardless of what it is, ain't fair. So he's got a concussion. He's in concussion pro- protocol. Fine. If you choose to believe it, that's 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 your your call. But that's not this show. That's not how we get down on this show. But I do appreciate the call. I do appreciate the passion. But uh, we're going to keep it a buck here. 2.26 at the time. When we come back, we're at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. This is the spot for uh, slots. You want to go and you want to be part of this tournament. The tournaments are going down. They have it every, let's see, this is the smallest print I've ever seen in the history of my life. Tournament slots every Thursday, Tuesday through Thursday. Tournament will start every Thursday from 1 to 3 p.m. The Wheel of Fortune slot zone. Subject to change based on participation. So what we want you to do is come on by here and be part of these slots. Uh, again, I'm going to get the biggest print I can find so I can actually read this. But uh, this is the spot for a weekly slot tournament. You can win $1,000 in free slot play. That's what it's really all about. And uh, I might even go ahead and get a little froggy and do that as well myself. Ed Grady, ESPN Las Vegas, and the RJ comes up next. It's Red Radio 920.
That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padala. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. Mayor of the tight end, motion to the right side. Garoppolo, play action just as you call it. Clean pocket, lobs downfield for Adams. Backhand grab, falls into the end zone. Touchdown Raiders! He was facing the line as he caught it, fell on his keister, and landed in the end zone. On a fourth and short, the Raiders strike for a 31-yard touchdown. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Here's your boy Q. That was the first touchdown right there for the Silver and Black on a fourth and inches play. Jimmy G to Devontae Adams. That was big time. That had Allegiant Stadium rocking on Sunday night. And, well, it wasn't really rocking too much more after that. But that was a big time play early in the game. Join us now on the phone lines from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station, and also the Las Vegas Review Journal. Our good friend Ed Graney joins us each and every Monday at this time. And, Ed, that was a fourth down play that the Raiders went for and converted. Well, Uh, At the end of the game, Josh McDaniels decides not to go for the fourth down uh, and go for the end zone. Instead, goes for the field goal. I wasn't a big fan of that decision. You put out a piece, Josh McDaniels whiffs on uh, critical coaching design or uh, decision. What did you think about that fourth down play, especially kicking the field goal for the second time? You know, I just, I Q, I I wrote it this morning. I got to stand by it. I thought it was a horrible decision. Um, I I don't know if you've said the, the stat today, but the stat came out last night that uh, in the modern era, since the two-point conversion came into the league, he's the first coach in that situation to do that. And I don't think it's because all the coaches before him were wrong. Um, right. Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy you chose to be your quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy you chose over Derek Carr. Uh, your offense is on the field. I think in that situation, there's no other decision other than to go for it and see what happens. Um, you know, if you don't get it, you're still going to burn your timeouts um, trying to get the ball back anyway. Uh, and, you know, I don't really knew, know when his quote was they needed another possession. Well, not in regulation. If you get it and you get the two-point conversion, because then you're tied. So right. some of his quotes afterwards didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but we were out there today. You asked him about it. And to his point, or to his credit, he said, you know, um, he understands there could be criticized on both sides. That, uh, it's something you need to think about. But I just I thought it was a horrible decision. And the stat that you're talking about from OptiStats, since the two-point conversion was adopted in 94, the Raiders are the only NFL team to attempt a field goal in the last three minutes of the fourth quarter, went down by exactly eight points with less than five yards to go for a first down or a touchdown. And, yeah, I didn't like the play then. I didn't like the decision then. Um, I didn't like it. You know, I don't like it now. But, again, it, it is what it is. And, and, and he said he didn't know if he would uh, go in a different direction, but he's, he's kind of standing by it. So that was just one Bad decision, in my opinion. But that's not the only reason that the Raiders lost the game, Ed. They can't score, <laughs> right? I mean, they're scoring less than 20 points a game. What is the biggest disconnect when it comes to the offense? Well, I think because they can't score, they can't run. Um, you know, I think, you know, complimentary football is a big deal. And he talked about it last night. 
and they're just not getting complimentary football. And one of the reasons on the offensive side is they can't run the ball. Um, Josh Jacobs had a few leaks there late when they got hats on people, like he said today, but they haven't done enough of that. So if you become somewhat one-dimensional, it's even if you force it and you try to force it and force it, it's not going to allow you to score the ball as much as you would rather. I mean, if people didn't know what an incredible player Devontae Adams was, they didn't watch the game last night. But you can't, you know, look, you did that, and look what, look how many you've eventually scored. And look how many you're scoring each week, and he's an incredible player. So they got to start running the ball. They've got to find a way to run the ball better. And, you know, they have the rushing champion. Um, whether he's right or not, we're not really sure from missing training camp. But they're not, they're not getting the line of scrimmage. They're not winning the battles up front. Until you do that, I don't know, you could become a little one-dimensional, and that's not good in the NFL for scoring. No, no, it's not. And, you know, I, one of the things I thought was going to be the Raiders, their big strength this year was going to be the offense, and hopefully the defense steps up and makes a few plays. But, you know, the offense has just been hit or miss. It's been, you know, inconsistent at best. So what do you think it's going to take for Jimmy to start spreading the ball around the yard to more people than just Devontae and Jacoby? Well, that's a great question. And, I, you know, I mean, only he can answer that in terms of his progressions and what he's seen on a, on a, on a down-to-down basis. But what, did Devontae have 20 targets last night? Is that, is that 20 targets, yep. 20 yep. targets. Um, and, you know, good for Devontae, and he made the most of them. I mean, like I said, he was an incredible player last night, but you can't do that every week. So I don't know where the tight ends are in this. Hunter Renfro finally had a few catches, but I still don't really know where he is in on this. Um, so I think Jimmy's the only one who can really answer why it's gone to two people for the most part, and really one person for the most part, who's a great right. great player, one of the best receivers in the league, arguably maybe the best. Um, there's a couple out there who might argue that, but um, definitely one of the top two or three receivers in the league. But I still think, like you said, and you made a great point, you've got to start spreading it around. You've got to start finding other people. And Jimmy's the one who can answer why that's not happening. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty frustrating when you know how many weapons that they have, and it seems like they're just not getting everybody involved. Again, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas and the Las Vegas Review Journal is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. I think that it was a huge miss by uh, Marcus Peters putting that ball on the ground. That was a walk-in pick six. That was a game changer, momentum changer, whatever you want to call it changer. That's what it was. In your opinion, how big was that, that he wasn't able to finish that play? Yeah, that was huge. And, you know, one thing they haven't done is they haven't created a turnover in three games. Um, and that yep. was a walk-in, like you said. Um, and Jimmy's throwing six picks on the other side of it. So, you know, McDaniel said today they come in waves and they're waiting for their first wave. Well, that could have started. That could have been the crest of the wave right there to at least start it. Um, had he come up with a, you know, a ball he should have probably caught and walked in for six, that would have been a huge, huge uh, shift and change in the game. Um, but it wasn't, and he didn't come up with it. So, you know, what we talked about coming into this year, creating turnovers, that they had to do more and more of that, and they haven't done that yet. They're three games into things. Right. So they've got to find a way to strip a ball, to come up with a pick, to do something to give their ball back to their offense, um, you know, in a timely fashion. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, that's what they need to do. And, and again, I just feel like that that's a guy that was brought in to do exactly what he had the opportunity to do was secure the ball and take it to the house. And it's just like, for some reason, Ed, every other team comes up with that play. And it's just like the Raiders seem like it's always put on the ground somehow. And it was again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no question. And that's stuff that, you know, good teams find a way to do that. Good teams find a way to get that wave that Daniels was talking about. And in the NFL, turnovers are just so precious uh, both ways. You know, terrible for the team that does it, precious for the team that gets it. 
and you turn the ball over. As McDaniel said, you know, if you're the team turning the ball over the most, you're probably not the team winning games. So if they start, right. if they want to start winning games, they've got to start creating turnovers and creating mistakes to get the ball back to their offense as much as possible. And they haven't done that the last few years. No, no, they haven't. Again, Ed Graney is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Talking about that game that was at Allegiant Stadium. It's, talk about Allegiant Stadium, Ed. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of uh, opposing teams come into that stadium. I've heard them be loud and proud. But that one last night seemed like it was over the top to a whole nother level. What did you think about what you heard and saw last night from the crowd? I mean, I'm not surprised anymore by it. We're seeing this over and over at that stadium, and we've seen it for a while now, especially public teams and teams with huge followings. Um, we'll see another one in Green Bay uh, next yeah. week uh, on the Monday night game. I think we'll see another one. We'll see others down the road where teams that just travel well or, um, are, uh, you know, come to Elisa Stadium. And, you know, you knew when they got the team here that visiting teams, you know, you cir- maybe you circle one trip a year on the schedule. This was going to be the trip most people circled because um, right. Vegas it was a time. It was a chance to get to Vegas to watch a game. But uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a season ticket holder. Uh, I know season ticket holders, and I know season ticket holders who who sell their tickets um, yeah. on the secondary. And to be honest with you, I, I don't blame them. The, the, the money they can get for them, you know, I know one guy who sold two, two games last year and paid for his tickets this year. Um, wow. And when you can do that um, and your team's not winning, then, right. um, you know, I, I don't blame them. Now, I, what I'd like to see is if they start winning and they become a winning franchise, how this shifts and changes. I don't know if it will or not because you're still going to have people offering you a ton of money for their teams when they come in. Um, but I'd love to see that. But they have to start winning. I mean, look at what yep. winning has done for the look what winning has done for the Aces. Now it's a much yep. smaller venue. I get that, but they're selling it out. Uh, winning has always been, and we I never include the Golden Knights in these conversations because they're just a different animal, they're a different team, and everything about them and their history with this town. But you know, people want to go to those games. People think they're events. They want to be at those games, um, and that's why locals you know continue to support the Golden Knights, and now they're supporting the Aces like crazy. So. I don't know if we'll ever really know the answer until the Raiders start winning on a consistent basis on if that would change or not. Well, we, we, we know that they support the Knights even when the national anthem is being sung at the at Allegiant Stadium, they still yell out Knights yes. like they're at a yep. you know, like they're at the fortress. So that tells you all you need to know. That's gonna be something that's never gonna go away because well, uh, you know, it's here. It's 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 Vegas yes. born and that's exactly what it's going to yep. be. Well, Ed, um, as we wrap this up, man, we, we heard earlier today from head coach Josh McDaniels that Jimmy Garoppolo is in concussion protocol right now. I don't know if that means he's not going to play on Sunday or if he is going to play on Sunday, but just say for S's and giggles that he's not able to go on Sunday. What direction do you think they go? Is it Hoyer or is it the young man Aiden O'Connell? I think they go Hoyer to start. I think he's been the backup for the first three games, and they would go Hoyer to start. Um, I think a lot of people out there would like to see O'Connell um, – but as he said today, I think when you're coaches and you're saying, you know, you're trying to do the best thing to win a game in that moment, in that week, and not, like, do it to where, like you said, it's, I, you know, I think his quote was really telling where he said, we're not treating this like a preseason game. Um, yeah. So I thought that was pretty telling of why they wouldn't go with Aiden O'Connell. I'd like to see him go with Aiden O'Connell just to see him play. Um, right. But I think, they would go, I think they'd go Hoyer to start. And, look, if he really struggled poorly – um, maybe O'Connell would get a shot, but I, to start, I think they'd go with the, the veteran and, and think that that was the best way to go uh, to try to get a win for the team, being one and two. It's a huge game. It's a divisional game, and they always play those guys tough. I, I don't know who's going to win Sunday, but I'm going to be shocked if it's not a one-score game in the end. 
Right, and again, they're they're not out of it, right? I mean, they're they're one and two. No. The Chargers are one and two, and the Broncos are zero and three. Kansas City's in there at two and one. I feel like if they throw Aiden O'Connell out there this Sunday, it's almost like waving the white flag. Like, hey, this is just going to be a yeah. experimental year and see see what we got and go from there. Yeah, it would say a lot if they started Aiden O'Connell, which is why I don't think they would. And I don't think yeah. like we'll see we'll see Garoppolo during the week. I mean, I I we 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 had one clip of him hitting his head. We found in the press room after McDaniel's uh, press conference um, yeah. where he came down in his head. That might have been where it happened, um, but he's in protocol. So, you know, you and I will be out there this week. We'll just have to see how much action he gets and where he is on the injury report. You know, and the other thing, Ed, the, that I'm concerned about, and I take concussions very seriously regardless of what level it is just because we know the effects of concussions. We see it all the time. But this is the second – you know, concussion evaluation at the very least that he's had so far this season. Remember, he got removed from that game against Denver in, like, the first yeah. drive going to the to the blue 10, and he came back immediately, which is good. But that, I, I keep that in the back of my mind, that this is the second time he's being evaluated for head trauma, and it's only been three games. Yeah, and you have to be really careful with that. Um, you're exactly right. right for a lot of reasons. So I'm sure they'll be careful with him this week. I know last week, uh, last night, uh, one of the over, the reporters, I, I was not in there, but apparently he was in the locker room at one point and told the trainer, "I don't, you know, I feel like I feel like bleep, um, you know, that he wasn't he wasn't feeling well." Um, mm. So that might have been uh, a reason they started getting him into the protocol. But you're right; they should be completely completely careful with anyone who goes through this, and that's why the um, you know the situation was in place when they took him off the field. I know he wasn't happy at that point. But they're yeah. there to, they're to look out for the safety of these guys and their future and their future after football. And I'm sure they'll do a good job with him in the protocol this week, and he'll have to pass all the tests to play. Yeah, exactly. Again, I don't play around with concussions because those are some serious things. We've seen the aftermath with way too many players across the NFL uh, not taking concussions as seriously as they should. Well, Ed, great stuff as always, my man. Uh, you had a good piece that you wrote, Joshua Daniels' whiffs on critical coaching uh, decision. What else are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Uh a lot of Raiders, as usual, and uh, UNLV opens basketball practice this week, and uh, their football oh, team is halfway towards bowl eligibility. So a lot going on with UNLV, and, of course, um, I'll be seeing you out at the Raiders on a daily basis. No doubt, no doubt. Well, thanks so much for your time, my man. I definitely appreciate you. Thank you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Yes, sir. There he goes. Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. You can hear him on the Press Box with Tyler Bischoff Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. And, of course, all his writing is in the Las Vegas Review Journal. 2.45 is the time. We'll come back, uh, get a couple calls in, hear from Max Crosby as well. we got a lot to get to. And then we have John McClain at the top of the hour. This is Radio Nation Radio 920 live from the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness. Live at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Here's your boy Q. We're back inside the newly renovated underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Really nice spot to be, man. Couches, chairs, tables. Looks amazing. TVs, wall-to-wall TVs now. I mean, everything is tip-top shape. I mean, it really is fantastic. Again, uh, you walk into the underground lounge, and if you've been here the past couple seasons when we've been here, uh, it looks 100% different, right? <laughs> You'll walk in and be like, wait, hold on. What did I just walk into? You definitely want to come by, check it out. Of course, there's great drink and food specials, and there's multiple, multiple, double that is, Monday Night Football games going on this evening. So it's a good time to have a good time here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino. And I know Raider Nation is not having a great day today after that loss on uh, Sunday Night Football to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But we want to hear from you. That's what we're here for, 702-365-9200. Let's go out to Oakland, the five and dime. Let's talk to our guy, Rich. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Q? 
Chilling, man, chilling. Yeah, you know, Raider's going to Raider. That's what we do, <laughs> and that's what we've always done my entire life. I'm 32 right now. Been watching the Raiders game and going to games in Oakland since I was 27, and it's always the same thing. Marcus Peters catches that pick six on any other team except the Raiders. <laughs> Players come to the Raiders, they suck. Players that are drafted by the Raiders, they don't live up to their potential. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Sometimes I joke with my partners and I say, you know what, Al Davis must have sold his soul, you know, for them three championships because we've been in hell ever since. It makes no sense. McDaniels and Ziegler, I told, you know, I told everybody, chill out. We've got to give them at least a year or two to see if they can cook something because firing coaches isn't it right after one season. Look at the Texans. All right, we right. don't want to do that. We don't want to be dysfunctional. But the fact of the matter is that McDaniels and Ziegler might be in over their heads. You feel me? There's players there to be drafted. They draft the project in Tyree Wilson, which is basically they're, they're following the recipe of Mayock. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say draft Carter because of the rug situation, but you could have got Gonzalez. In the second round, you could have got somebody else if you're not going to use Meyer. And then you draft a defensive tackle, uh, Byron Young. You don't even – where's he at? He's like another P.J. Hall. So what's going on, man? Like, what's going to happen here? Are you going to start Hoyer? Like, if I don't know if Jimmy's going to go or not. But Oh, talking about Jimmy. Jimmy, he's worse than Derek Carr. We all know this. But, look, the interceptions that he's throwing, it's just disrespectful to the fan base that no matter what happens, it doesn't matter what year it is, it doesn't matter what the weather's like, it doesn't matter the Raiders are going to stink. And there's a stench on the Raiders that we cannot shake. I don't know who needs to – if it's Mark Davis. Mark Davis isn't going to sell the team. He's a great business owner, and he's proven that he can win with the Aces. But he, we, need, we need help. I don't know what it's going to take. But he needs to hire the right people or get somebody to help him to hire the right people because McDaniels and Ziegler might not be it. And if they lose the locker room, it's cooked. And I think they might have already lost him. We deserve better. I deserve better. You deserve better, Q. You put in so much work for this team. And you're a real fan, just like I am. We deserve better, and this is pathetic. And we need to see what we got in AOC. So see what we got in Akon and if he can ball. I don't want to see Hoyer. If Hoyer's out there, I'm not watching, bro. So if you're going to put Akon out there, let's see what he got. If not, draft a quarterback next draft because we need a franchise quarterback that can change the trajectory of this franchise, which has been nothing but hell. I appreciate you. Have a great day, Q. All right, thanks for the call, my man. We'll keep it pushing real quick. We're up against it. But uh, Gangster Raider, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Gangster, where you at? I'm right here. Oh, there he you know is. What What's up? What's can on your you, mind? Can you yep. hear me? Yes, sir. Well, I got you. Yeah, what I want to say is I think it's bad coaching because – Look at the offense. The offense was supposed to be our strong point, and we haven't scored over what? 16, 17 points a game? I think we scored 18. 18 points. 18 was the most, yep. Yeah, and that's ridiculous. And also look at the coaching on defense. We're not even lining up right on defense. um, So it's bad coaching all around. And also, as far as Peters, uh, even though he dropped the interception, he don't even tackle. I mean, I I didn't see one tackle he made where, you know, when he got to the – the player and actually tackled him. It was like other people had to come clean up his tackles. And so I think it's just a, a debauchery all around. And what what did we work on when we was out there in West Virginia? It seemed like we regressed when we was out there in West Virginia. And also we want to clown and make fun of the Denver Broncos, but we play Miami in eight weeks. And oh, I know. our defense <laughs> looks like, like it's been looking, 
they might put up 80 on us. You know what I'm <laughs> and we might not even score 20. You know what I'm saying? It might right. be 80 to 3 against mm-hmm. us. And, and this would be the first time since the um, Chargers came to L.A. that I will not be going to a Raider game when they came to L.A. I, I'm, I'm not going to this game. I'm, I just sold my tickets online before I called y'all. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not supporting this. I'm not. This is. This is this is unacceptable. All right. Thank you for the call. Definitely appreciate you. We're up against it. Uh, but, yeah, good stuff. And I understand, you know, and, and you're right about that whole West Virginia thing. What happened there seemed like that they didn't get any closer and it seems like they've regressed a little bit. So uh, good stuff. 2.56 at the time. John McClain, he joins us next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.